I have a I have a great way of doing the countdown this week. Jason, I would like you to help me. Could you count the combined losses of the Oklahoma State Cowboys and the Cincinnati Bearcats going into this weekend? Zero. Tim, play the intro. So proud of myself. No one cares. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the Substandard Expanded Universe. Welcome to the Substandard SSEU podcast and this exciting live episode. Chris could not be with us today because he is busy taking a moonraker, uh, but I am sure that we will have fun without him. In his place, we have conscripted a great crew ready to discuss the important issues of the day. Uh, as always, from Austin, Texas, I am joined by the man with the golden gun, not as golden as Tom Abella's gun, if, if you know what I mean. <laughs> the man, the myth, Ryan Kinney. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Thomas. How are you? How's your internet? I don't know. I mean, I guess you guys will let me know. It seems good now. I think I fixed it. How's your microphone? Is it pointing up or down? It's a little crooked. I can see it right there. But as long as it's pointing, that's what I always say. As long as it's pointing somewhere. Amen. As long as you know how to use it. It's the main thing. I wish I could say that we have new and exciting guests to introduce for you all today, but they have all been on before. Our first guest is back after visiting all five nightclubs on the water in Miami Beach and inhaling enough coke to fuel a large elephant. He is also Stan Kroenke's biggest fan. Matt, welcome back to the show. I'm along with Ding Dong. Robards. How's, uh, how's Stan doing these days? Is he doing a uh, good job? I believe, I believe he still has a mustache. Uh, still presumably involved in uh, Walmart. And I think he is now the only the 11th biggest human rights abuser in the English Premier League. So salad days for Stan. <laughs> what are the other teams he owns? The LA Rams, all of the Colorado teams. He owns okay. the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, we are also joined by the creator of Brackets with a golden eye for causing trouble on Twitter, a regular at Nip at Night, Jason. Also, welcome back to the show. Evening, boys. How are we doing? Do you need to explain Nip at Night? Well, the number two Cincinnati Bearcats play at Nippert Stadium, and, and when it's there's night games, it is Nip at Night, and it is a party. Looks amazing based on every picture and video that I have seen. Finally, from Russia with love, we are also joined by Big Ben Parker. Ben, <laughs> weren't you just on the show? Yeah. Why yeah. are you back? Why are you here? Ryan told me if I didn't come back on, he would cry. Okay, I don't. I didn't know we were gonna like tell the truth. We could have spun it a little more. If we don't tell well, the truth, your internet breaks, man. What the story? <laughs> the story I heard today when I logged on, I was like, "What the fuck? Ben is gonna be on again?" And I asked Ryan, <laughs> "How did this come about?" And all I got from Ryan was, "Look, I was drunk." Usually, he a kid pops up in nine months when that happens. <laughs> it was right on the knife says between happy drunk and sad drunk. So someone had to intervene. <laughs> it was like either have another kid or me tell Ben how much I wanted him to be on the show again. Ryan, you were trashing 
uh, Nippert Stadium and college football. Have you never been to a college football tailgate? Yeah, I have. I've been to a University of Texas Longhorns tailgate. Or, it should or, have or, ended at the tailgate. Once we had to go watch a football game, that was like when it started to get worse. I mean, I got drunk like outside the stadium. Did some all right, all right, all right. Um, yeah, out, outside the Matthew McConaughey uh, Memorial Stadium. <laughs> yes, Maddie McConaughey Memorial Stadium. That's where the Longhorns play, and and it was like it was like against it was against one of their big ones. It was like against A and M or OU. Not OU. The, the crowd was really into it because they only play them in Dallas at the Red River thing. Yes. Who cares? It was probably A and M. It was probably A and M who they were playing, and it was a year. And I do remember the last time I went, both teams were in contention. This for... must have been a long time ago. No, it was, was yeah. The last time I went, it was like eight years ago. It was yeah, fine. It, it was might fine, be more than that. Okay, I I don't want to fact check this. You know, I usually am right about everything that I say off the top of my head, and I usually don't make mistakes. <laughs> um, but if you want to check it. You can. Yeah. Speaking of fact checking, I wanted. Uh, so I introduced Matt here. Matt had a factoid last time he came on the show. Does anyone remember exactly what that factoid was? Uh, what it exactly was? No. But I, I don't even I, remember what I, it I was. And it was apparently it. my factoid. <laughs> he said it. You said it so convincingly. It was that like 70% of all the cocaine in the United States was done at like three hotels in Miami. Something like that. And you yeah. just rattled it off so, <laughs> so confidently that I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. And then that can't be right. But he didn't laugh or anything. It's entirely <laughs> possible. I mean, it is possible. <laughs> Look, I did a lot of cocaine in this hotel, so... <laughs> have any of you seen Dune yet? Dune? No. Dune? How do, you, how do you pronounce that? It's a liquid U. Dune. First 20 minutes. The first 20 minutes on your phone? Oh, you're doing HBO Max. Uh, I, mean, I, had. I think I'm going to do HBO Max, too. I don't think... I, I, saw, uh, I saw Bond yeah, I'm gonna in the theater. Watch it in, I'm going to watch in, like, 15, 10, 15 minutes increments at a time. So, how long <laughs> is it total? Is it longer Two, than Bond? Two and a half hours? Oh, yeah, two and a half. It's, it's, it's the same length shorter. as Bond, except oh, okay. that this one doesn't have an ending. Hang on. It's part one of two. You're telling me that Dune doesn't get blown up on an island? I assume the main character's name is Dune. <laughs> yes, and he uh, has sex with a worm. Spoiler. It's a metaphor. For oh, what? Uh, having sex with worms. It's a very literal metaphor. <laughs> Message I've, of the movie I've, is I've tried don't have these, sex with worms. I've tried to read these books, but I don't know. But they're shit, and everybody thinks they're amazing for some reason. I guess because I I, I've tried several times that I could not get through the first one. I what, mean, you don't like that they're basically just Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I haven't read the Harry Potter movies yet. I, I don't have often you, recommend... Have you looked at the books? I've tried to watch the books. Do they do anything interesting? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't often give recommendations on the show. That might be a lie. I might do that all the time. But you should definitely go see Dune in theaters. I don't care all that much for the story. It's sort of interesting. You might have to read it. I've never read it. Who gives a shit? But it looks and sounds amazing. Go see it in IMAX. I the reason I'm excited for it is Denis Villeneuve, 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 Blade Runner 2049 is amazing. Uh, Arrival is amazing. Even yeah. that even that weird one, in, Enemy, with Jake Gyllenhaal. 
I, I didn't like that movie that much, but it was really cool to look at. Looks okay. great on my iPad. That retina screen, man. It's better than IMAX. <laughs> like the, the speakers too, but it's surround sound. If you if you duct tape it to your, you put a hat on and then duct tape the iPad to your face. <laughs> it's basically IMAX. Thomas, it's, it's when you're just... editing, make sure you get all of the sound of Ryan hitting his microphone and wobbling around in there. Like you're Wait, the amplifying because so, it's not quite one time. The same. I'm really regretting. I'm really regretting this. So what you're going to need to do, Thomas, is uh, you're going to want to put in a like you're going to want to fade that up really high and then <laughs> throw in just a shitload of flange. <laughs> Just what, some like wawas. Ryan, Ryan, which part are you regretting? The drinking or is, no? Is there... Asking Ben to come back on oh. because all he's done is been against me. I <laughs> I only invite people to come on who are going to be on my side. To I mean, this is this whole podcast is a conspiracy against me. I don't need more people to take part in it. Hey Ben, you notice how his internet is working perfectly fine as he's telling the truth here. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say we 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 have no time to podcast, but uh, I, I assume we have a game first before we get into the the bondage. Uh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, Matt's gonna uh, like Matt's gonna be the host. Uh, I'll be the scorekeeper. So to be Thomas, Ben, and Ryan playing playing for this. What do you want to do for the uh, buzzers? I figure we just give them all a chance to answer and and see how they do. Okay. Oh, okay. See yeah, how yeah. they do. We got. Uh, let, me, uh, let me let me get the score book up. All right. So the theme of this game here it's 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 uh, Bond villains or football team owners. <laughs> I am going to read off a, a resume or a source of wealth. This is this comes from the fertile and and slightly disturbed mind of, of Jason Cooper. Um, and I am going to read off for you a source of wealth or a resume of sorts. It'll just be a, a brief blurb here. And you're going to tell me whether that describes a Bond villain, the owner of a professional football team, or both. Do we have to name them or can we just say? You just need to tell me whether, you know, yeah, you don't need to name the, you don't need to name the person. You just need to tell me which category they belong to. When, if when the answer say, is if the answer is both and we guess one or the other, do we get like a half a point? Yes, half. Cool. I feel like uh, you're making this up on the fly. Quest question. Football. We actually hadn't talked about the scoring before we began recording. Is is this football or what you guys Network. call soccer? What, it could be what's both. The, oh. And what are we are we buzzing in with um, <laughs> we're buzzing in with the name of Bond films? Uh, I Roll had planned it. the way I had planned to do it is to collect an answer from each of you. Yes. Oh, okay. Also, yeah. I asked that question wrong. Ben caught that. But yeah, go on. The first one is is just a really simple one. Uh, arms dealers, Bond villain. Arms dealing is the source of wealth. Is this a Bond villain? Not the pri- not the only source of wealth, but a source of wealth. Bond it- villain, football team owner, or both. Right. Wait, football that- in this case means. Soccer as well as American football, right? That is correct. Yeah, I will say this primarily deals with soccer. Oh fuck! Okay. <laughs> wait, is that wait? All right, Matt. So is is that a is that a, a quote or? And that is a description of a uh, that oh. is a description of an income stream. Thomas, you want to answer first? Doctor Gassy. Uh, both. Thomas says both. Ryan. D. I don't know what C is. Ben. Both. 
All right. Yes. All three of you are correct. The answer is in fact, both Joe Don Baker is uh, an arms dealer in the living daylights and uh, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates who are the owners of Newcastle United and Manchester city. Okay. Uh, both now purchase weapons it. from the United States to right. give and sell to uh, various terrorist groups. Okay. So the answer could militias. be more than one person. Uh, yeah. Right. Well, in the, in this case, uh, like for example, the state of Saudi Arabia owns right. Newcastle United. <laughs> so if you had to pick one person, it would be Jamal Khashoggi, but I don't have a, uh, Chopped a journalist. Wait, excuse not me. Jamal. I'm sorry, Mohammed bin Salman. Yeah. No, it would be Salman. Oh, it would be Salman. Yes. No, you're correct. Yes. <laughs> the guy, he meant the guy who chopped him up. I meant the up. guy who chopped him up. I don't have, like, I'm just saying, one of the questions on here is not this person, like, who owns a football team chopped up and murdered a journalist. <laughs> okay. I could have put it on there, but I didn't think about it. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, the juries are so lucky. Oh yeah, they're they're so happy that they had to get told by Newcastle to stop wearing headdresses, Arabic headdresses <laughs> to matches. Uh, all right, number two, number two. Uh, this person uh, planned to corner the international market for gold. Bond villain, football team owner, or both. Ben, we're going to start with you this time. Uh, Bond villain. Ryan. Both. Thomas. Both. All right. Ben is correct. That is a Bond villain. That is Auric Goldfinger, who planned to blow up Fort Knox to make his gold reserves. No soccer team. More valuable. I was just assuming here that the answer for the football category to each of these questions would be the Saudis. So... (laughs) I know. I thought it was going to end up being all of these were both. Does <laughs> black gold count? He said oil markets. Yeah. yeah. Right. All right. Number three. Um, this person uh, started their career as a bank robber and then became the head of an international organized crime and paramilitary organization responsible for an international genocide. Ryan, this one's you. I'm going to say football owner because of the way Thomas is laughing. John Thomas. W. John Henry. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Bond villain. All right, Ben. Bond villain. Ryan is correct. That is a football team owner. Who is uh, he is he is no longer the owner of a football team. He is a former owner because first he was convicted of war crimes and then assassinated. Uh, <laughs> you can't own a team after you've been assassinated. Yeah, his I've, name I've is uh, Jelko Raznatovic. He was on uh, Interpol's most wanted list. For Can you imagine being on his years. being on the team that he owned? What? Can yeah. What? What team did he own? Like he the owned, Murmansk Spartans or whatever? He owned uh, FK Obelik in Serbia. They won the league championship several oh. times, and when uh, they did, mostly they, mostly they because. Uh, when they played other teams, members of his uh, military organization would go into the other team's locker room and say things like, if you don't let us score at least 10 goals, we will shoot all of you. Oh, so it was the other team that was afraid. I see. He, and, well, and I imagine just, if they didn't his score the too. goals. Yeah. yeah. Right? Can you imagine having an open goal after they threatened the goalie on the other team and then missing? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's not going to go well for you. It's, the it's next shooters good... would not miss. It, it's a pretty good motivational speech. Yeah, right? 
All right. The next one. The next one is uh, it, this. This person is an arsonist. Ben, we're going to start with you this time. That's it. That's all we get. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's all you get. Ray Lewis owns a football team. Uh, Maybe both. Thomas Bond villain. Go with both because I'm not going to let Ben get this point by himself. The answer in this case is uh, a football team owner, Ken Gosh. Richardson of Doncaster Rovers, paid a former member of the SAS. Uh, 10,000 pounds to try and burn down his team's stadium so that he could collect the insurance money and then have the town build him a new stadium. Compared to these other guys, he's practically like practically a saint. Yeah. Too bad Job forgot to mail that insurance check. (laughs) Yeah. He uh, he was eventually sentenced to four years in prison for conspiracy to commit arson. Are you sure there are no Bond villains that were arsonists? Because uh, I'm sure there are Bond villains who have burned things down, but I don't know that there was ever a Bond villain who burned something down like, as a source of money to collect insurance. Oh, you don't have to do it for the insurance to be an arsonist. No, that's true. But we're <laughs> talking about like sources fire. of wealth here. Um, <laughs> what, can we get a score update? Yeah, Jason, can you, uh, can you give us a score update? Actually, let's wait one more question because then we'll be it halfway is. through. I can't even know what place I'm in. How am I supposed to answer the questions without knowing where I stand? You're you're tied for first. Matt, go on. Utilize your intuition. Thomas, you're not supposed to be keeping score. Jason is. By the way, you don't get half points for uh, answering both every time. Just just killing that little piece of game theory, Dad, right there. Damn it. All right. This this person or people uh, were were bankers and financiers for terrorist organizations. Ryan – Deep in thought for those of you listening at home. Oh. Ryan is screwing up his brow, gazing into the distance, biting his lip. Can I? He's just focusing so I hard call, on not hitting the microphone. Can I call Steve Bing? That you cannot phone a friend unless that friend is Maddie McConaughey. Both. Thomas. It's going to work out can, one of these things. Can you repeat the question? Uh, this what? person or group of people, bankers or a banker and financier, were terrorist organizations both ben yeah both yeah the answer to this one is both uh in casino royale uh obviously did this and uh the saudis the uae and qatar who are the owners of uh psg all all do this um is that how they got messy yes basically (laughs) (laughs) more or less Okay, next. Uh, the source of the source of this person's wealth, uh, or the source the source of the wealth here, is uh, market manipulation by Russian oil companies. Football team owner, Bond villain, or both. Thomas. Both. Ben. Team owner. Ryan. Bond villain. The answer to this one is both. What? Electric King in the world is not enough. Uh, and what is what do I answer? Roman Abramovich. Yeah, he's definitely. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep, well, Abramovich is definitely one. Alisher Usmanov from Everton is another, and uh, Gazprom as a corporate entity are the owners of FC Zenit. What? 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 Gazprom? No, FC Zenit. What is FC Zenit? It's is a the football uh, team. Football team in Zenit in uh, Saint Petersburg. Oh. What's the What's the crook in Goldeneye? The cr- there really Goldeneye. isn't a crook. I thought that's the, villain, 
Yeah, the villain in Goldeneye okay. is a disgraced former oh, agent. Oh, right. Yeah, never mind. Move on. I think you're, yeah, I think, I think you're thinking of Electra and World is Not. All right. This person was implicated in theft from the Bank of London. Ben. Both. Ryan. Did anyone hear him say something? No. Oh. <laughs> you say both? Yeah, both. Okay. What? Thomas. Team owner. Okay. The answer here is Bond villain. That's Alec Trevelyan from Goldeneye, whose uh, whole master plan is to rob the Bank of London. What is the score? It is. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's let's give Ben a moment. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's just so funny coming from a man in a Christmas jacket <laughs> with such rage. Oh man, Forks Blazer. I'm hearing like I'm just hearing notes of Batman. You know, where's the score? <laughs> Jason, score please. It's a a rhyme three and a half. Ryan, three and a half. Ben, three and a half. Thomas, three. Ooh, neck and neck. Neck and neck. There are three questions remaining. And a tiebreaker, if necessary. <sighs> Don't fuck this up. You lose everything. Don't fuck this up. Well, pep talk there. Those of you listening at home. This person is a heroin dealer and trafficker. Thomas. Um, can you spell heroin, please? Do you mean female hero dealer or... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if, if, if we were trafficking in females, that would be a different question. And the answer to that would be both. The answer to that would definitely be both. But in this case, we are talking about the uh, the narcotic. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thomas. Both. Ryan. I always have to go second. Um, Bond villain. Benjamin. Bond villain. All right. The answer here is both. Mr. Big from Live and Let Die and Evangelos Maranakis, who is the owner of both Olympiacos and Nottingham Forest. Uh, In fairness, in his case, he was charged with drug trafficking uh, and it has been alleged. And then due to one of those sorts of mysterious kind of, oh, we can't find any of the evidence sort of things. The case was dropped earlier this year, but he totally did it. I, oh, I, come on. He has not been convicted. He is innocent until proven guilty. The correct answer is team owner. Not in Europe. Not in Europe. They don't do innocent. I'm making the rules here. No. And and I, I'm skeptical to this question just be, uh, i refuse to believe that there isn't a single team in south america or latin america that's not owned by a drug dealer actually in fairness you like, won this question actually like in fairness right before we right before we came on air i also found out that pablo escobar did own a soccer team so yeah that was the uh the two um uh, 30 for 30 documentary called uh the two the two pablos songs. The two Pablos, was that what it was? I don't know. I didn't say it. Ryan, you want to give us a a Big Boy review? Bill Simmons. (laughs) That's the Big Boy review? Just Bill Simmons? (laughs) Bill Simmons is a great American. He started the Ringer podcast, and then Spotify gave him 
uh, $500 million for his podcast network. It's definitely not a bubble. Um, that's the review. Uh, what you all should understand right now is that as Ryan gives this review, he is holding a Fortnite Nerf gun as Hold if down. he were James Bond. Um, <laughs> oh, as if he were the henchman of whatever his name is. He's giving himself his own pep talk, right? This oh, is- yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, he, uh, if he loses this quiz, he's going to shoot himself with his from Mr. Robot. Gun. All right. This person uh, supported coups in developing nations in exchange for utilities contracts. Ben. Both. That's got to be. That's got to be both. Uh, Bond. The answer there is Bond villain. I'm pretty sure Roman Abramovich counts as doing that. Potentially. I'm willing to defend this. Do you have proof? If you can find me a citation, I will. I will change the answer, but right now it is just Dominic Green from no, so the, the, the citation is Catherine Belton's book, Putin's People. It like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Roman Abramovich like de facto helped finance all the crazy shit that happened in Ukraine, which has a lot to do with the gas pipelines. So I'm I'm defending this one. I'm 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 challenging. I'm throwing my flag. Okay. The question here is armed coup. Not technically armed a coup. coup. I mean, somebody had a gun. So in which the leadership of the state were violently overthrown and replaced with a set they, of friendly interests. And they weren't. Moving on. Next question. Oh, All right. the one who got it right. So what's the score now, Jason? Thomas got two points in a row. So he's five to three and a half to three and a half. Uh, five, four, four. We got halves. Yeah, you answered for the uh, uh, heroin dealer. I, I thought we weren't getting halves. But we are getting halves. This changes you my get half strategies. To, you don't get halves for answering both. <laughs> oh, in other words, if the answer is both, and we oh, say but one or the other, both, we get a half. We yes. say one or the other. Okay. Oh. Right. No, see that 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 it makes the game I, fair. I don't like that. Way, if I end up winning, if I, if I end up winning, I'm gonna fight against that. But let's uh, let's worry about that later, right? As long as it's benefiting me, I'm fine with it. Wait, right. one more question. Final question. Uh, This person closed down a wildly popular Washington-based magazine. Ryan. I'm trying to figure out how this could possibly be both. What's the one that's not Bond villain? Football team owner. Oh, team owner. Team owner. Sorry. Team Team owner. owner. Yeah. Team owner. (laughs) What team does he own? I like how how he asks that at the last question. What team does he own? Team owner. Thomas. So we are dealing with at least one media mogul in in the Bond villain universe. The question is, did he shut down a popular Washington magazine in the wildly popular, wildly popular? And I don't think he did. So I'm going to go with team owner. Ben, team owner. Right. The answer here, of course, is Philip Anschutz, the owner of the L.A. Galaxy and 45 percent stakeholder in Stockholm's Hammer B. I. Which is funny because it's the most hipster club in Sweden filled with leftists. (laughs) And they're owned (laughs) to 45% by an American capitalist. It's amazing. Um, Jason, do you uh, want to read off the scores so we can congratulate the winner properly? Also also part owner, Slotin Ibrahimovic. Anyway, Jason, go on. uh, Ryan and Ben were both tied for uh, second place with five points. And Thomas is the winner with six. Ben, I will Ah. edit in a congratulations for you. Uh, later on, if you if you find me a if you find me a, a citation on the on the Abramovich thing specifically involving armed overthrow of a state, hey, does we that answered, have to be a successful coup? Because I'm also uh, thinking about like 
Montenegro. It, it does have to be a successful coup. Excuse me. Right. We answered the same on that question. So if he finds it, you'll edit in and congratulations for both of us. That's true. But then we would have to do the tiebreaker question. Well, let's, let's do the tiebreaker just in case. Okay. We'll do the tiebreaker question just in case. This is how they do it in real game shows. When they don't, you, when no, they don't know who point. won by the end of the show, they're like, we got to go home and have dinner. They say, let's do the tiebreaker just in case. It, it's okay. how they do so, it in Squid Game. Good point. Okay, so here's how this is going to work. A couple years ago, for one of the Bond movies, Forbes put together a list of their estimates for the net worth of the richest Bond villains in the series. Uh, number two on that list was Auric Goldfinger. Uh, whose entire net worth, I believe, is 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 bars of gold buried under his horse farm or something equally ridiculous. Ooh, horse farm. I kind of like it now. They estimated <laughs> his net worth uh, in 1964 as being six and a half billion dollars. What would his net worth be in 2021 money adjusted for inflation. This is prices right rules. We are going closest without going okay. over. Okay. Closest without going over. And what over. was the year? You said 1964? Indeed. And if Ryan Googles this, I'm banning him. When we, when we my talk hands about are hitting here, my microphone. My hands are hitting my microphone and they're not touching my phone. <laughs> We're using, we're using chain CPI or how, I, how are we? I need to do, I need to do my bench. We are, I we are using I need to do my beautiful mind Department stuff. of Treasury's inflation calculator. All right, cool. <sighs> All right. Russell Crowe. That's, uh, Russell Crowe. How about Ben me. goes first? Russell no, no, no. Ben's I think go. since Thomas is in the lead, Thomas Russell, should go first. Russell Crowe, help me. Russell Crowe, help me. Russell Crowe. <laughs> you said 6.4? Let's, let, let's let Russell Crowe go first. Okay. $6.5 billion dollars. In the 1960s. And we're talking about billions. What is he worth now? Okay. What would he that, be worth? It, I just want to make sure it's money. billions because my calculation. Billions. Billions off, with a B. Could be off if it was trillions. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, if he guesses a couple trillion dollars, it's Price is Right rules. So he'd be way over. Oh, that helps me. Yeah, price, <laughs> price is right rules, closest without going over. Oh, Thomas, man. you go first. 185 billion. Ben. 20 billion. Ryan. 78 billion. Why would you not guess 19 billion, 999 million, 999,999 after I just guessed 20 billion? Because I did my beautiful mind rules. I did my beautiful I did my beautiful mind You would guess one you would want to guess one dollar more than that. One dollar over. Oh, sorry, yeah, that's right. You want to guess one dollar over, yeah, but not seven billion. According to Ben, I should have done the opposite of what would have helped me. (laughs) Well, I mean, yes, I would say that, wouldn't I? You're like, no, what's the answer? (laughs) The answer, the answer is. (laughs) 57 and a half billion dollars, which makes Ben the getter of the tiebreaker point. I hate prices right. <laughs> What's the score? Because I would have won. I was the closest. Like, if we're not doing not going over, I was the closest. If we go back and change all the rules, the outcome <laughs> would have been different. We never do prices right rules on, on the show, though. This is that is, like another like we don't like Matt we don't do ratings is, out of anything yes, we except do. what we do? I was I was within eighteen billion dollars. Matt uh, Ben was 
$37 billion away. And you were way past that. Tom. Are you sure you didn't say trillion? I could have heard, could have sworn. I, I said 78. His microphone. I said 78 billion. <laughs> I said 78 billion. All right. So uh, here, what we've learned is that uh, all of you are equally winners, except Ryan, who definitely loses no matter how this cake is sliced. <laughs> well, I have a question for the rest of you since we're on the topic. How much money do you think Daniel Craig's got? Hmm. No, are we, no are we doing celebrity net worth? Yes. Is this also prices right rules? No, this is closest. No, this is closest. See, this is why I would have won. How much did he? So he got, I would say. Just him, not with including his wife. This is just his, as far as I can tell. I don't think celebrity net worth adds in Rachel Weiss's. Who's his um, wife? Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss. She's a enemy at the gates. Maybe you've seen it. Oh, I have seen that. I don't remember. Who's a black widow? I did not see that. No, you missed. Not why do you guys consider the question? 110 million. Okay, 110. 109 million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine, <laughs> and ninety nine cents. Jason, uh, we'll go sixty four million. That's what you were going to say, billion. But Matt, I'm going to go fifty five million. <laughs> Who who was highest out of uh, Ryan and Ben? It was Ryan, right? It was yeah. Ryan. Ryan wins. 160. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. Dude's got cash. Just like always. I should have I should have taken into account that after he did the like third Bond movie, I think. Yeah. He gave an this... interview. He gave an interview to some like some some Hollywood trade. Where he said that he would slit his wrists before he made another one of these right. movies. And then he did two and more. And then he made two more. So I'm <laughs> right. sure I think, he was getting like 45 I think, million a movie. Yeah, I think the the uh the fourth one, he got like 25. And then this one to get him back, I, I think it was like 30 something million or some maybe 45. But yeah, plus probably, you know, plus a percentage. They just so, paid him yeah. an insane amount of money to come back. Which what choice did they have? Because yeah, uh, one of so Pierce Brosnan, the highest he was paid was for Die Another Day, and that was 16 and a half million. Uh, so Daniel Craig upped the game. I'll bet, uh, I'll bet the first three Craig Bonds were less than that. I don't know. Uh, Ryan, a word from our sponsor Would you like to visit the FBI Museum but can't afford the $79 admission fee? Well, holy shit, do we have a deal for you! Conveniently located in capricious White Plains, Dakota, located within access from most of the parking lot, the FBI Museum is the number one vacation destination for families, other people on vacation, people not on vacation but live nearby, kids, <laughs> obedient elderly, big ones, people, <laughs> your co-worker's church, your co-worker, other people you know, couples, people who seldom kick strangers in public, people looking to get some public on their privates, the cast of Boston Legal, dock workers, and a few more. So whether you're newly wed or nearly close to dying, come to the FBI Museum and experience a day in the life of someone visiting the FBI Museum. But wait, did you ask if we had any discounts? We have a bison load of discounts. At the FBI Museum, we... <laughs> We have 1,000 hands-on exhibits, and 367 of those require the use of fake criminal seminal. <laughs> the use of fake criminal semen, crime scene semen, as we call it. 
the real wet stuff. If you're thinking that's a lot of fake semen, you're right. That semen has to be produced every day. And our team arrives at 5 a.m. and works right up until the museum opens, hand churning the day's semen. As you can imagine, it leaves a huge mess. That's where you come in. Patrons who come in and sweep up just one of our semen production labs in the basement of the museum with this tiny broom. We didn't even say it. We didn't say it was going to be easy. We'll receive a voucher for $18 off one adult general admission ticket. My stars, if that deal don't just sound as sweet as the downy feathers of a turtle dove's nethers, then you must be under a rock. Visit us on Upworthy and comment with your favorite FBI memory. Hashtag deals, hashtag coupon community, hashtag sweet sweep of a basement lab with a tiny broom. Hashtag FBI, hashtag vacation, hashtag travel. Okay. Well done, Ryan. You got through that. No problem. Where was this museum located? Um, White Plains, Dakota. And what does FBI stand for? Which one? They uh, didn't. They didn't specify which Dakota. <laughs> they just said capricious White Plains, Dakota, with access from most of the parking lot. <clears throat> Transition. Moving on. Uh, we are here today because there was recently one of the world's, the world's most popular popular franchise. I assume so. The, no. the world's... No. Surely. No. Shut up, Mark. Look, look, I mean, if you look at, I don't know, time it's been running, box office generated over 60 years number or however long it is. Number of movies, people that have gone to see them. It has to be the most popular. James Bond and Star Wars is right there. One, two. So No Time to Die was first released in Sweden, which meant I got to go see it before all of you idiots. Uh, and now you guys have caught up. Uh, so that's fine. Who here, did anyone not go to the movie theater for it? I don't think you have to go to the movie theater. I'm just assuming that everything's released simultaneously. No, this days. one I think was only, yeah, this one is only theaters. No... No Peacock. You couldn't go to the cock to see it. Yeah, no HBO Max. Um, it was just theaters. What about okay. that one streaming service uh, Chris uses? Yeah, I hate that Chris uses that one streaming service that he he tries to get me and Thomas to use it, but I don't. Matt, can you, can you do a big boy review of No Time to Die? No Time to Die is the 27th film in the James Bond franchise, the third most successful franchise of all time. What do you mean third most? What list have you found? Behind uh, Star Wars with a a domestic box office adjusted for inflation of $8 billion, slightly higher than James Bond's $6 billion, and behind the Marvel Cinematic Universe with a uh, inflated uh, inflation-adjusted that, domestic box office of nine and a half billion dollars. Super anyway. cape movies do not count. That's that's not a thing. No uh, time to die. But James Bond movie. is totally different, for the record. No, totally yeah. different, as how this are, movie will show. How many uh, pounds? Submachine guns around corners. Hello. No superhero's ever done that before. 
Did uh, so, so, so this this film is a sequel to Spectre from 2015. It is also a sequel to all of the other Daniel Craig movies, and it is the last uh, of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. See, Many I don't know things if it's happen. A sequel to the other ones because they're well, all is, kind of. I think they're all out of like they don't seem to connect that much. Well, I'll get to that, Ryan. Trust me. This is a sequel connect. to all of the movies. And none of it makes sense because it's not a very good movie. No, that no. is the it review. That, that is incorrect. Sense. It doesn't need to make sense to be a good movie. That's, it's fine that they don't that they don't connect to the other Craig Bonds. Uh, like the other Craig Bonds, all take place like Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. They're one uh, universe, and then you had Skyfall. That's its own universe, and then Spectre and. Um, no time to die. That's its own separate universe. These are three separate universes of Daniel Craig Bond films. And you look, you look dubious about that. They're assertion. all good. Jason is shaking his head. Which one of you wants to disassemble Ryan's tawdry and pathetic argument? Jason, you go ahead, and then, and then I've, I've got a special perspective on this. Go ahead. They're obviously they're all connected. It's they they all they flow reasonably well into each other. There's callbacks to each Daniel Craig movie from the one the one after it, and so it, it, they're all connected. Those and were mistakes. No Time to Die is No Time to Die is an excellent excellent Bond film, but it, it's a Bond film. It's not it's not Denis Villeneuve, and uh, it's just what it is. It's a, they're fun popcorn movies. It's the one kind of movie you want to see in the the theaters. I think Thomas should go next because I want to hit. Nope, nope. We're gonna get Ben. We're gonna get Ben's special perspective. He's going to say that not enough of the movie was set in Russia. <laughs> so my he might be right. Is, Let's hear. Is it. that is that I didn't I didn't see Spectre. And not only did I not see Spectre, but I I didn't realize going into No Time to Die that I hadn't seen Spectre. So I went in thinking, oh, I'm sure they'll remind me of what I've missed because I'm sure this follows after the three. Why would they need Daniel- to remind you? They've got two hours and 45 minutes of necessary content. They don't have time to remind you of what the last movie was. I would say they have 25 minutes of necessary oh. content. Do you, remember and then the they line, have like- do you remember the line where one bond turns to the other and says, that was the farm, this is the factory? Which makes no sense, is never explained. It's as if she's teaching him how to make fish sticks. And like, <laughs> she was all... not a Bond. She was 007. She was not James Bond. I'm yeah, sorry to tell you that that, like, that was a woman. This movie was so, has so her own name. disappointing and stupid. I, I was bewildered. And it took ben... me the first three hours of the movie to figure out that I was bewildered, not only because there was a movie that I had missed in the middle, but also just because the movie made no sense. You it was not the movie for your own uh, mistakes of not seeing the last one. No, no, no. And let me just assure you that that line about like, this is, that was the farm. This is the factory has nothing to do with Spectre. It's just a stupid thing that gets said. I don't know. That's exactly right. And I was trying, I spent the first three hours of the movie thinking, oh, this must all be because I missed that movie Spectre. Oh, I get it. I miss everything. And then for the last four hours of the movie, I was thinking, oh no, this is just sloppy this is just a sloppy movie that doesn't know what it wants to be (laughs) all right before we go how many movies did you see because you're talking about the first three hours and the last four hours this was a two hour and 45 minute tightly edited film 
I'm pretty sure can I had can... to get up to go to the bathroom like four times during this movie. Can okay, we just Vic... talk really briefly? Really can we, briefly. Can we, can we summarize Thomas, the I'm movie just a little bit? So okay. we can so we can then we can go into like a spoiler. All right. Sounds I good. Can, Thomas, I'm gonna take I'm gonna okay. do the summary and then I'm gonna take over and we're I'm gonna pick the next topic. I got this. Trust me. All right. Basic plot you. summary. The movie picks up after Spectre. Bond is living with the girl from Spectre, marking, sure. I think, the first time in the franchise that they have brought yeah. back a Bond girl in like a significant role. Oh, yes. In a subsequent film. They brought other Bond okay. girls back like really briefly and then just been like, by the way, hey, you remember You're this dead. one? We don't need her anymore. <laughs> Bye. But in this case, uh, the Bond girl from the previous movie is uh, a recurring and very important character through Madeline Swan. This one, yes. Madeline Swan, played by Leah Sadu, who looks like a generic French MILF. Um, <laughs> uh, Thomas, you're just going to let him say that? It, it's that, true. That's an accurate, that's an accurate <laughs> description. What do you it's, want it's me to say? attacking your countrywoman. Exactly. It's <laughs> one of your compatriots he's speaking ill of. I, I mean, l- l- literally MILF. Actually, l- does she have kids? <laughs> She does. Sorry, yeah, go on. Go I, I fact continue. She, okay. she has a son. You so, can move so, on. So the movie, the movie starts with a flashback to her childhood. We learned in a previous movie that she shot someone. Uh, we get some. She more was in a Jason movie. We we get some more information about that time that she shot someone, uh, including one of the better images in the entire movie uh, uh like a creepy japanese theater mask in a frosted scandinavian window i think thomas really liked it um we then go to the present bond and his girl are vacationing in italy i think who i really think they knows. call it honeymooning but okay yeah maybe um and he's trying to get over his past emotional trauma he visits uh his vesper previous Lynn. girlfriend vesper lynn's tomb uh, she didn't die there. I don't know why she is entombed there, but she is. It's okay. And uh, he is nearly killed in a bomb blast set by Spectre. Uh, he believes that his his new new girl, Madeline, was involved in this. They break up. He retires from the service and gets brought back in to assist MI6 uh, in tracking down a scientist responsible for the development of a special nanobot-based disease that attacks particular individuals based on their DNA. They actually describe it as a nanobot virus. We can get to that later. Yeah. Okay, but that's... Oh, we will. That's, that's, do we need more summary? I think that's for... I think that's the first I 20 think, minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, yeah. He, he's moving too slowly. I don't no, think we need, yes. I don't think we need more summary because anybody who's going to listen to this has either already <clears throat> seen the movie or needs to understand that it doesn't matter how much summary we give the plot is terrible. It it's doesn't matter so if the plot bad. is terrible. So it doesn't need it, it to doesn't be summarized. Matter. It doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter. Pointless. Can I just say I love the movie. The plot doesn't make sense. Right, exactly. I still love it. I want to quote Jason. I want to quote Jason right now. I love the movie. The plot doesn't make sense. Do you believe that in the two years it's been delayed, that the movie was changed because of the pandemic? No. And I think it was. I think there and is, the reason think for there that is one is scene that's been added. The Hercules virus, the, the Hercules virus, the nanobots, they don't say nanobots on screen. It is said off screen, like it's added after the fact. 
because they didn't want to bring up virus too much. Also, why 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 would they produce nanobots in a pit of acid on Poison Island? That'd be something where you'd produce a virus, not a robot. You'd produce robots in a factory, like Ben brought up earlier. Why would you produce um, a virus in a pit of acid? And you just said the plot island? doesn't matter. Why are you trying to understand the plot? Well, it's not. A, it's not about the plot. Just, it's about just, the movie. It's about the movie potentially being recut to uh, get yeah. around certain. I don't. Contemporary. I, I don't. I don't buy it. No, I'm, I'm legitimately. I'm legitimately interested in though, Jason. What about the movie did you like? Good action, fun environments. Did you see the um, one shot on the on the island? The, the correct the answer Cuba is scene? the correct answer is the Cuba sequence. I mean, that's right. it. That's like, what I wanted to talk about. The one piece of the movie we can all agree that we liked. How about those 25 minutes in Cuba? How fucking good were they? I was, would spend was so great. much money just to go see a spin-off movie with Ana de Armas, like working with the CIA in Cuba. That I would watch like actually seven hours of if it were a miniseries or a series of movies or whatever. It'd be great. How many uh, of uh, us would watch a 90-minute psychosexual drama, like art house movie with Ana de Armas where she's naked the whole time? Yeah, two of us have our yeah. hands up, and three of us are liars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's an A plus movie. Moviegoers agree with me. It looked so uh, good. I mean, and, and it was be- it looked but, better than the Roger Deakins uh, Bond movie. That is okay. a crazy opinion. Dif- <laughs> that's a different topic. Here's what I was topic. what I was a little curious about is the fact that they are developing this these Hercules nanobot virus thingies in the middle of London in a skyscraper. Yeah. That blows up in the middle of the day and they're coding the DNA into the. Yeah. That, that seemed a bit strange to me. I had the same. Ex- I, I, when I was watching the movie, I really liked parts of it. Like I felt like I was into it. And then as soon as I got out of the theater, I, I felt like I had sobered up. And I couldn't think of a single thing I liked about it other than Cuba. And Cuba is amazing. I would sit through the movie again just for the Cuba sequence. The, the Cuba like, can we talk? Sequence can we talk in detail great. about that specifically? Uh, like, I, why, I, I, I don't know why it felt so good. It was the pacing that it just it, everything was, it was always driving forward. Everything it just kept on moving, and there was never time to catch your breath, even though you you wanted to rewind to see her. <laughs> Shoot around, shoot machine guns around corners, and uh... yeah, it was also the only twenty-five minutes where the movie knew what it wanted to be, right? And they knew that, like, oh, the whole thing is it's going to be sort of a classic James Bond. It's going to be a you know black tie op with you know silence pistols or whatever, and we're going to have Daniel Craig's James Bond be sort of the old jaded guy who you know can't make it through a fight sequence without you know taking a drink. But we're going to have Anna Darmus, I forget the name of her character, do the young bubbly thing. And it's almost like Paloma. she was going to be the new 007 instead of the other 007. And for those brief 25 minutes, they actually had like a clean handoff thing going because they had the old and the new. And then they went back to their other stupid ideas. <laughs> I thought I thought it was interesting that they, they do a lot of things in that sequence that they kind of return to later. And they do them just so much better. Hmm, sorry, they do them so much better in the Cuba sequence than they do later. Like, like you said, the handoff between the young and the new, that, you know, the, the, the young and the new and the old and the tired. You almost get this James Bond as like fish out of water experience where he's like, oh, wow, this, this is how the new people do it, huh? When he's watching her drink her, uh, her martini 
and he's like sipping his like a classy person and she like chugs hers and then just puts the cup down on the table and he's taken aback by that. That's one of the and, best bits. And of comedy when she's like kind of grossed out by him, like when he thinks that she wants to like uh, have sex with him and she's kind of like, Ooh, no. Yeah. And he's no, that, like, that bit's okay. great. Yeah. That bit's great. Um, the, 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 the drinking after he falls through the roof. I think that is one of the few times in a bond movie where bond is off doing action and we don't get to see it. Yeah. Maybe the only time now that I think about it, that's a good question. He has like a whole fight up on that roof, but that doesn't negate from the rest of the movie being really good. What could have been cut from the rest of the movie was a lot of the fight scenes on the poison Island. A lot of the shooting around corners. I I don't know why we needed all that. I don't know why there needed to be so many like henchmen. So I think Um, part of the reason for this is that as I remember it, and I could be wrong about this. Originally it was being directed by Danny Boyle and it was being written by Danny Boyle. And then Danny Boyle was fired halfway through the development and they brought in a whole new team of writers and a new director. Carrie and the Fuji result Nagawa. of this is that Danny Boyle made one movie and then Carrie Joji Fuji, uh, Fukunaga made another one. Yeah. And then they just smashed them together and they don't make any sense together. Like the reason you have the long sequence of Bond, you know, shooting around corners and getting shot and the grenade and he has tinnitus again and all that stuff is to is to put him in a position where at the end of the movie spoilers here he is on the top of the missile silo thing and he is too injured to get away and so he dies That's he's not too injured to get away he was well, he's, he's not too no, injured he, no he's he not so got away but he well, couldn't, stab, he no, couldn't right, but ever touch he couldn't ever touch his wife or daughter Right. That's my point. You don't need that sequence if you've established this other reason for him giving himself up to sacrifice himself. Speaking of which, the villain's whole motivation makes no sense. It doesn't matter. It does not fucking matter. We skipped over over an important part of the climax of the movie, which is that the whole cool thing about cruise missiles is that you can change where they're going to land. No, no, you can't. Once you fire them and they're off to the target, that's that's all you can do. I don't believe that is correct. <laughs> okay, but no, Thomas, I think it does matter here because it's a directorial and writing thing. I think the original plan was never to have him launch the the DNA the DNA virus at places or even or even sell it. They do that whole thing where he's carrying where the villain, uh, Marat Safin, I can't remember his actual name, so I'm just going to steal the Russian. Lucifer. His name is Lucifer. Yes, his name is literally Lucifer. But uh, did, you, did you see how they spelt it? It's, it's Yotsifer. Yotsifer. Yeah. Just so you understand that he's Russian and not some sort of <laughs> weird like Persian-Japanese guy. There's no reason to think he's Russian. He doesn't even speak with a Russian Matt, accent. None of this matters. Anyway. All that matters okay. but Ryan, is that. That's what I'm getting at. They make a big deal when he's carrying the kid. He's carrying Bond's daughter through his weird little garden. And they have a whole bit about how he's like, you see this plant? This plant makes you do what you're told. I can use this to make people be good boys and girls. And then he has that whole riff about how his motivation is control. I, I think that was the original plan. Was that the, 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 like the, the deployment, the thing that Bond had to stop was, was that drug. Something ba- like that thing, something based on that, and not this DNA virus thing, which I think might have been probably a late ad. 
But then it was also very important that they keep that little bit about the plant in the movie, of course, because if you didn't have that little bit about the plant in the movie. Uh, yeah, there would be some reason why it has to be there. I don't know. I can't think of one, but it was there. Definitely. So, it was there. Yes. It, Murat Safin's uh, motivations don't make sense. He's he, he like he's he's great when he's killing all the specter. And that makes sense because specter killed his family. Yep. Um, and at the birthday party, the birthday party is a great scene. Um, well, of course, it's a great scene. It happens in Cuba. <laughs> and other than uh, it, it doesn't make sense then why after he's killed Spectre, who were the people that killed his family, that he wants to kill like billions of people. I get that that doesn't make sense. But Bond villains are yeah, they, the he's, he's in, themselves. He's Bond villains usually it doesn't make it doesn't need to make sense. motivations. I don't think that that's true. I think no. that most of them don't make any sense. I think most of them are just going to shoot radio waves at the Mercury uh, Mercury uh, launch. Uh, Their methods don't the Mer- necessarily make sense. Their <laughs> methods are frequently just science, like science battle. Um, I like. Daniel, I don't think I don't think the Daniel I don't think Craig the, I don't think needed the villain, to be blown into tiny itsy bitsy pieces. Oh yeah, and, no, I agree. And with that. after after not just in not just in the movie, but in real life too. No, I <laughs> think it, I think it works that he that like you know he finally had something to live for. Um, you know, his wife and daughter, and he had to die, and. I think they needed a re- they needed a he reason. didn't have time for it. He was like too busy to die. He he saw that. Well the, done, uh, <laughs> Oh, that's another thing. The title of the movie is "No Time to Die," and at one point, the other 007 looks at one of the useless she characters says, and goes, no time. "Time? No, she doesn't. She doesn't say no time to die. She says to him, "Time <laughs> says, to die." What? No, she says, "What time is it?" And he's like, yes. "Huh?" And then she says, it's time to die and throws hey, him into the like. Wait till we get to my hey, wait till we get to my movie thing. quote from you guys. You guys want to play a game? Let's go around the horn and name all of the characters that actually had to be in this movie. I'll start. James Bond. Madeline well, Swan. Lucifer Saffin, Nomi, Q, M, Lighter, Money Penny. Uh, wait, wait, wait. The, Money the Penny kids. had to be in this movie? Yes. Uh, Thomas is right. Because she's been in the other ones. But the thing is, Anna's Armas totally didn't have to be in this movie, unfortunately. Uh, She's part of it. All of you should mute yourselves. This is the one time that I'm going to be totally on Thomas's side. And you guys should just let Thomas tell you why you're wrong. The smiley State Department guy, did he have to be in this movie? The the, the, the CIA yes. guy? Yes, Jeffrey Wright? Are you the, kidding me? The scientist, the scientist, the, the, the Russian scientist who they spend the entire yeah. movie protecting only then just to kill when it turns out he's a racist on top of everything else. He was funny. Uh, yes, did, did he have we needed to be in the movie? He was okay, Swedish. Okay, so can I, can I be completely honest? I definitely thought that that was Tobias Funka for like the entire movie. <laughs> It did oh, look like right. him. So, you so thought that was the, David Cross? That was not it did David, look like Cross. David Cross. That was a Swedish I know it wasn't actor. David Cross, but I thought it was David Cross. Here's the thing about this movie. You none of this that you are blathering on about really may really matters because it is a joy to watch these people on screen. It is Joy-tone. a joy to watch David Craig Joy-tone. in his last movie as Bond, where at Same the David. end you 
the Daniel. Where you David Craig. David, David and Daniel should be their twins. This is breaking, breaking news. David and Daniel Craig played Bond. <laughs> no, but in the end, you actually get emotional when he's blown to tiny, yes. tiny pieces. Sure. And no, that is an achievement in a Bond I movie where no, I, I yes. never in a I million did. years thought that I would actually like feel something except oh this is cool but anyway so a bunch of great performances i want to highlight two of them the first is one guy that you've been trashing is rami malek as no i'm trashing the character the performance is fantastic uh, yeah rami again, really good rami he I, i'm pretty sure he can play anything have you seen mr robot at this point? i haven't you should see mr robot he's great in that keep going I rewatched Bohemian Rhapsody the other day, and he is, of course, great in that as well. Anyway, so he's the second best performance, and the best performance of the entire movie is David Denshek uh, as the crazy Russian scientist. He, it's a perfect character, and he plays it so well throughout the entire movie that he is Swedish-Danish, has nothing to do with this. He's just great. <laughs> but why okay, does the I... character need to be in the movie? Because, Ben, it's great to see them on screen. Yeah. It makes ben. you happy. It fills you with joy on the inside. Shove that but down your shove ben hole. Is saying, what I think Ben is saying is that it does not spark joy, and therefore he would like to get rid of him. Speaking of people who didn't spark joy, can we talk a little bit about Leah Seydoux? Because I thought she was the exception to the like great performances thing. I, I thought she was really good. I, I generally thought most people in I mean, really looked good. at I her. I didn't think she was that good. The scene where she's like trying to tell James that she didn't um, betray before him she, before, before he puts her on, on the trainer, train. and like she's got like pretty not yeah, yeah, coming yeah. down no, her nose good. and stuff. I, I totally buy that. And I, I like that's when I was like, okay, she really didn't betray him. I yeah. thought everything except for how good she was. Yeah, yeah. Whenever an actress gets the uh, snot going, I I just automatically trust her as well. It's it's the snot <laughs> that does it. <laughs> I thought I thought her her thing in the house when 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 Bond meets his daughter I I thought that scene wasn't just wasn't good I don't know why she mm. said that he wasn't she wasn't her, his daughter I, It's a very strange choice to make She didn't she didn't need to do that It was that was a few minutes we didn't need to see Blofeld again I didn't need to see Bond kill Blofeld we could have cut that um, there was so there Chris, was a crystal small... wall. So yeah, but that's the thing. That's the only thing is like it's Christoph. You're like, do we want to have Christoph Walton in our movie or not? And you're like, Everest. yes, we want to have Christoph Walton in our movie. <laughs> oh. So of course you got to show that. Speaking of things that could have been cut, they spent like 15 minutes. It's almost like 2001: A Space Odyssey of his chair going down the hallway. And I remember sitting in the theater, like gripping my armrest, like, "Oh my god, how long are they going to spend this goddamn shot?" And I get that they were trying to like build the tension. Like he has the drug on his hand, and like, what's going to happen? She's in the room. What's going to happen? What is he going to like smell her hand or whatever? And you're just like, I don't care. This is a character we've already met. Like I didn't even see the last movie, and this is one of the people I know what's going on here. And this is just like. 15 minutes of him going down the but hall. But it's Christoph Waltz. Did you see the face he was making as he was, as he his chair was coming his down? Chair. <laughs> he had one eye. Did you see that? He was acting with one eye. He took Jason. his eye out for real. Christopher Nolan would have done that. <laughs> yes, I, Christopher Nolan. He grew, thought, he, Christopher Nolan grew corn on the side of a mountain. He would have you know definitely if, taken if off. If Christopher Nolan had made this movie, he actually would have suborned a British 
destroyer captain to launch a cruise missile strike for real on a disputed island. I love the idea. Can we talk about what we're really here to talk about? Is that Christopher Nolan is making an Oppenheimer movie? Can we just talk about (laughs) with Cillian Murphy, right? Yes, Killian. It's not Cillian. It's Killian. I love the idea that there's this disputed island that has a missile base on it (laughs) and nobody is looking at what happens there. Like there's not a fucking spy satellite (laughs) trained on that island 24-7 from like 40 different angles. It's the poison island. Don't worry about the poison island. Just leave the poison island alone. You guys are trying to figure out like you're trying to add logic in like you know, no, real uh, world. It's, it's, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying. To but add it's a Bond logic. movie. I'm not trying to add logic to it. I'm. I'm bringing up things that bothered me as I was watching the movie and took. They me didn't out bother of the me. Experience. I got to tell you, Matt. They didn't bother me, and they didn't take me out of the experience because you know what, Daniel Craig. That's why. End of the movie. They say James Bond will return. So who's the next James Bond? Not the next 007. She's whatever. Who's the next James Bond? I have, no- I, have a, I have I have a top three. All right, let's hear your top three. Tom Hardy. It should be, but it's not. It's just it, I don't think it should be Tom Hardy, but he's going to be too old. Could be. Did you see Venom two? Like Venom two is really good because of Tom Hardy. Great, I haven't seen uh, Venom one. Well, that's your your problem. This is why we're not doing the uh, NBA podcast, man. Yeah, because you don't show up on time. Jason, what you got? Who's number two? Who's number two? Tom Hardy's number one. Richard Madden. From Game of Thrones and what? most recent, more recently, uh, who was the he in Game of Thrones? He's very good at it. He is a terrible actor. What are you talking about? He, he is a pretty terrible actor. <laughs> okay, Jason, who's number three on the list? This will definitely excite one member of the podcast in, in, in a certain way. Michael Fassbender. Actually, Michael Fassbender was well, number one on my list. Of course, Michael Fassbender is number one on my list. Actually, well, no, he's technically number two. Number one on my list is uh, I want Colin Farrell, but I want him to keep his yeah. like, super thick Irish accent. When JVL said that, I'd never considered him being a Bond. But after he said that, then I was like, yeah, he is, should. Is, is he Irish or Northern Irish? I believe he is Irish Irish. You say, Republic, you say Tom Hardy so is no, too old. How old is Colin Farrell? He's much older than Tom Hardy. Oh no, yeah, he's no. There's no. There is no chance. There's no that, chance of it. That's, I only. Uh, yeah. I, to be clear, I only want Colin Farrell as Bond if he plays Bond as an Irishman. Wait a minute, like, Colin yeah, Farrell like an and Tom Irish Hardy are basically separate. the same age. Tom Hardy is 44. Colin Farrell is 45. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. I can't. Tom Hardy's Elba 49. Tom Hardy's 44. I know. Tom like, Elba if, is, if, Elba if, 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 looks if, too old, but it's not that much older than this. Guys. If Craig would have left when he was, when he said he was going to leave, then Idris Elba, Elba would have been, been perfect. But they kept saying, like, no, we can't have. Uh, because I think everybody thought Idris Actually, Elba in fairness, be. in fairness, Chiwetel Ejiofor would have been better. No, oh, he's not yes, a big enough star. I, I agree. He's not a big enough star, but I, I agree. He I don't think you better. need a big star. Daniel Craig was not a big star before no, he got. He'd been Lair Cake. Thomas, what you got? That was it. Why can't it be Killian Murphy? He actually is old. How old is he? He's I the think same he's age. 51. Ben, don't be ridiculous. Sorry, he's only 45. I'm wrong. He's only 45. Okay, oh, so he's the same age as... Yes, okay. I, that's what I thought. He was the same I, age as Tom I Hardy. I assumed and, he was younger. But these guys, they can play. They can play mid-30s. I mean, Daniel Craig is what? How old is Daniel Craig? He's like 59? 55, I think. 
He's 53. 53. He's this is, this is great podcast content. We're just binging ages here right All now. Right. What else? What other ages do you want to do? <laughs> do my, Let's have do, Pierce Brosnan age. It. I think Pierce oh, Brosnan would be a really good Bond. <laughs> I think it'd be a little campy. It's true. Uh, okay, but let's talk about what we're really here to talk about. Matt, what's your ranking? Start from the bottom. Starting from the bottom. Let's see. I actually need to pull up my documents. Somebody else. I can go. You you have a ranking? Uh, what are we talking? What are we ranking? The Craig Bonds? Which Craig. No, what is ranking of Craig? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> your favorite hey, Craig's. don't don't laugh at this. This was my idea. Is that <laughs> this was my idea months ago? Is that we do rankings and not say. Each person do a separate ranking, and we not even say what we're ranking. Okay, well then you uh, shut my, up. My and ranking give you a rank number number five is uh, Spectrum. Number four is Skyfall. Number three is Quantum of Solace. Number two is No Time to Die. Number one is Casino Royale. I guess that's a ranking. Number three, Daniel Craig. Number two, Pierce Brosnan. Number. One Sean Connery. What? No, Thomas. Number five. Can I mute Thomas? Number five. Kisty Suzuki. Number four. Xena on top. Number three. Mary Goodnight. Number two. Plenty O'Toole. And number one. Uh, Paloma. So she, she counts. I'm gonna go. So so for the purposes of this discussion, Paloma does not count as a Bond girl. All right. Because she has no sexual tension with Bond. In fact, she's like the, the one time it gets brought up, she's she's like, that's ah, disgusting. So money, the here. money pennies count then? Yes, the money yes. pennies do count. Okay. The money pennies count. Paloma does not. If Paloma counted, uh, yes, Anna Diarmas would be would be would be number one on the list. Number five, Tatiana Tatiana Romanova from from Russia with Love. Uh, number four, Camille from Quantum of Solace. Number three, Pussy Galore from Goldfinger. Number two, Zenya Anatop from Goldeneye. And number one, Vesper Lynn Casino Royale. That is the definitive Bond girl ranking until uh, Ben gives us his Bond girl ranking. Number four, the Aston Martin DBS Super Legera. Number three, the 1974 Vantage V8. Uh, which, no. which, which, which movie was the Super Legera in? These are these are all just from No Time to Die. Okay. Okay. Oh. Great. Number three, I I forget which one that is. So whatever Waldo? the odd one out is, and then number one is. Of course, the classic DB5. So the one that I'm not recognizing is number two, followed by the 74 throwback V8 Vantage, followed by the track car Superleggera. The Superleggera is the one that um, Nomi is driving, correct, at the end? No. I don't remember. There is another, they also have one of their like weird concept cars in the, in the wind tunnel at Q, but they don't actually drive it. So I didn't. Yes, I'm, I'm pretty sure that is the, I'm pretty sure that is the Aston Martin Valkyrie. Yeah. That's right. Is that the Which one that is, goes upside down? Uh, it might. That's the. It's the one that's designed by uh, Adrian Newey, the Red Bull Formula One designer. Yeah, I think it's that one. Yeah, it's a. It's it's a pretty cool car. The car she drove at the end, uh, No Time to Die, is a throwback to the Timothy Dalton's car in, in The Living Daylights. Okay. Hey, can we can we talk about the other the other scene that I did find really really well done and, and quite good. Uh, in No Time to Die, which is the weird, misty forest in oh, Norway, in Norway or wherever it is, mm-hmm. uh, where they're Could've doing that was Sweden, where they're doing like Jurassic Park, but James Bond. Jurassic Park. 
Which did I go to the bathroom during this part? What are you talking about? Like when he's when he's like stalking through the ferns and stuff. I kept expecting him to get attacked by a raptor. And then when uh, <laughs> when 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 Madeline Swan shows up and like shoots the guy who's gotten the drop on him, I definitely thought he was going to say "clever girl," and he didn't, and it really upset me. But that scene that scene was pretty good, uh, except guys- for the bit where like the big bad in it was pointless and disposable. But it was good. It was fun. Uh, it was very atmospheric, and I liked it a lot. It, it was, that's a great scene. But so here's the question: It is preceded by a shorter car chase that is still like 35 minutes long. Right. So here's the question: Are there too many and or too long car yes. chase yes scenes to in both. this movie? Yes yeah. to both. The best part of that second car chase, the best part of the car chase in Norway was the part where there is a car chase and then he wrecks the two cars that are chasing him. And he's like, oh, good. The car chase is finally over. And then a helicopter flies over the forest (laughs) and then like 40 more cars come out of the forest. I laughed out loud in the theater at that point. I I can't tell if this is bad directing or if it's camp. (laughs) I can't tell. Keep it going. More. More car chase. More they car need chase. to just like condense all of that and then just get to the forest scene as soon as possible because the forest scene was genuinely cool. Yeah. So when that happened and like he had shaken off the two people and then like you know the helicopters come out, I, I guffawed in the theater, the, the big IMAX theater of like hundreds of people, and I thought like, oh, we're all gonna laugh at this now, and it was just me, <laughs> just you. <laughs> just me. Every everyone else was dead serious. If so you'd been in my like, theater, Ben, I'd throw my drink at you, here, sir. And we really hope he comes out of this alive. And I was like, yeah, look excuse that, look me, excuse me. This is very much tension right now ben one thing that kind of bothered me and i wish they had done oh more yeah, just one thing just one ben uh, man all you think, talked no, about no, is things I, that bother well, yeah no i know and that's because it's a kind of a badly put together no, movie it was rescued by because... really good performances so okay so the first yes! image in the movie the Thank first you. image in the movie uh, thomas cut that rescued. part out and it was like the it was like the desert that's one the intro. movie rescues honestly the first visually striking thing in the movie is she is little kid Madeline in her house in Norway and she hears the footsteps and she looks out the window and then the like mask appears in the window and that mask shows up a bunch of different times through the movie. That's how Safin like convinces her to work with him. He's like, I'm the guy that saved your life. And also who you shot after I murdered your mom. That was a great horror sequence. It was a great horror sequence. And then that mask is hanging on the walls, like at intervals in Safin's like weird office when he and Bond are having their like Japanese sit down. Thing. Did I didn't, he, I didn't why, catch that. Why did he have those? <laughs> okay. And a better question is why are they there? If Bond has never seen that mask, Bond literally never sees the stupid thing. Guys, she those are like caged She didn't spares. even get to tell him. He needs more. <laughs> she this didn't even get room. to tell him. She what didn't get to tell yet. him about it. So you have this like really interesting so visual you, thing. That you think that, that, that that's a from, uh, Kerry Fukunaga thing to put uh, the mask on the wall? I, I, I think, I think the mask. I don't think it's a Kerry Fukunaga thing to put the mask on the wall. I wonder if it's just like Here, a Kerry Fukunaga thing. Period. Here's one thing. That because he's the originally director. when Danny Boyle was was fired, I was like upset 
because I assumed that w- the broccolis were m- didn't like Danny Boyle because he was going to make it like he was going to kill Bond. Is, is that what I assumed? And then what it actually seems like is that the 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 broccolis were mad at Curry at uh, Danny Boyle is that he wasn't going to kill Bond. He didn't he didn't want to kill him and that was actually why Kerry Fukunaga was brought in. And I think they needed to kill him. I think I think Daniel Craig needed th- them to kill Bond because I think honestly if they didn't kill they didn't like clearly kill Bond at the end of that movie uh, they would have offered him like 75 million dollars for the next one and he would have been like I'm a greedy son of a bitch. (laughs) Yes, I'll do another one. They they needed to kill Bond as soon as they made Casino Royale, right? Because the whole thing about Casino Royale was James Bond isn't going to be a joke anymore. It's not going to be campy. It's not going to be silly. He's actually going to bleed. He's actually, right? And as soon as you make it real, then, you know, he becomes mortal. It was fine. Quantum of Solace was an extension of Casino Royale, though. But they didn't commit to it, right? So by the time you get to this movie, they should have killed him in Skyfall. They should have killed him in Skyfall. The movie, right. So this movie can't decide if it wants to be kind of camp and wants to be kind of cute and wants to be the old James Bond or if it wants to be serious and high stakes, which is why only one person in the theater knew to laugh. And then they kill him, but you don't feel anything because, you know, you have no idea if you should or not. They can't. They did. Them. They did both and they mixed it the way that I loved it. Thomas, you have your hand up in a T. Presumably yeah. you're calling your own number. For Thomas. Yeah. It's a 20 uh, second timeout. We have two more things. To do before we have no before we have no time to podcast. Uh, number one, everyone needs to give a rating to No Time to Die, and we will start with Benjamin Parker. Is this on a scale of one to ten, or is it a thumbs up, thumbs down? Oh, you're not allowed to ask that. We don't do denominators. Thanks, Jesus, thanks for Matt. listening. Jeez. No, I don't pay attention to this. <laughs> Fucking robots. Ben, uh, I give it No Times to Die zero. <laughs> Matt, uh, one sulky French MILF who should have been in the movie half as much as she was. Jason, 67 billion. Ryan, eight horses to die. And I give it 17 Judy Dentures. Okay, Ryan, we have a movie quote. You know what? I gave every, I gave up everything that I loved. I took everyone's advice. I got my, married and supposedly settled down. But I got to be honest, this precious little settling. It's just constant things around the house that need to be done. Things that need to be picked up from places on certain days. Because if you forget some, something one day and graciously take it upon yourself to get it the next day as a little surprise, don't expect a thank you. No, no. What you get is... What the hell am I going to do with 600 pounds of Spanish ham that was supposedly supposed to be for our Spanish ham theme party last night? Did you also pick up a time machine so we could go back in time before I had to serve our friends and family non-Spanish ham at a Spanish ham theme party, bitch? And what about work? I took a desk job to slow it down. Right? Wrong. 
every day I got some trollop riding my dick around about how a report I didn't read or the one I was supposed to write is a dog's dinner. Sorry, Doc. I got to tell you, hippo or hepatitis or whatever you say, I have no time to die. And that was... That was Daniel Craig in No Time to Die. If that doesn't sell you in the movie, I don't know what will. From all of us here at the Substandard SSEU headquarters, thank you. Good night and good luck. Mm-hmm.